So how was your trip to Canada? It was fun. Um, I spent, I would say, from Friday to Wednesday there. Like I, So Friday the... What, what yeah, was it? so like 16th? a week ago now. Uh-huh. Yeah, a week and a half ago. Friday the 16th, I flew out. Uh, luckily for me, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't there when Jack Jones did his thing at the airport. Oh, it was coincidentally yeah. <laughs> the same day. <laughs> uh, if, if you heard that story, of course. Yeah, getting arrested but, for trying to bring like multiple guns through TSA. Yeah, that's real smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing because... Like I worry about having like a shampoo bottle. Oh yeah, or, right. Like a water bottle. Uh, like, I, I'm paranoid about that. Like I don't want to inconvenience others by having that stuff in my. See, bag. I, so I, I get I, nervous about just like bringing like a razor through and them like catching it and thinking that it's too. like a knife or something. <laughs> so this was army knife in the past. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, like so the fact that that happened on the exact same day is pretty wild. Luckily, I, I was there much earlier than he was, but. But yeah, going back to the trip, it was fun. Uh, it was just family family vacation and got to go to a couple concerts. Uh, one of them was Ed Sheeran. Yeah, who he's you know got a big I'm, tour going on right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't love his most recent album. I think it's Subtract. Yeah, I don't know that uh, I've I, even I, listened I, to it yet. Like I, I saw yeah, that it came I, out, but... Yeah, I, I've listened to it. It's, I, I like his much uh, older music. Like, you know, like yeah, the... His, Times was always my favorite album of his. Yeah, that, that's what's it. called. Like the yeah. ones, with, the ones with sign. like, the, right, multiply, right, uh-huh. like with thinking out loud, of course. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and don't and, and a few other songs like don't sing and and others. Yeah, I like his earlier stuff more, but either way, he's he's great live. And look, like, when it comes to like a Super Bowl halftime show, I certainly would not mind him as a choice for it because I I. He definitely has plenty of hits, enough hits where he can he can definitely perform well at a Super Bowl halftime. Uh, and the other concert I went to is Stevie Nicks, and she's seventy five years old. And is she really? Appar- I yeah, was I was, how old I was she blown was. away I by that. Like, she's seventy five years old, and she's still yeah. pretty good singing wise. Uh, so yeah, both those were fun going to live. Yeah, that's always nice. I, I feel like yeah, I, I would I would enjoy both of those concerts. Like they're not necessarily two people that I would think about wanting to see, but also like if I just find myself at an Ed Sheeran or Stevie Nicks concert, I wouldn't complain. And right. I'm sure I'd have a great time. I will say the uh the, the Ed Sheeran one was great, but I will say the Stevie Nicks one uh it it was fun, but I will say I I quite a question for you and you could mm-hmm. probably answer this pretty easily. Okay. Can you think of a more uncomfortable situation than having to sit next to someone that's big and obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> no so what just like, like a pu- really public transportation or uh-huh. public events like I, oh yeah or just... like on like an airplane or a... yeah like if you're uh-huh. on an airplane like i've been in you remember the episode of drake and josh go hollywood you know they, they accidentally put megan on the wrong plane oh and yeah then, so drake uh-huh. and josh they had to go on the plane to go to la and then you know, yeah. there have been moments where I've been Drake where <laughs> I've been on the plane and a hot girl happens to be sitting next to my seat. And not that I'm literally like Drake where I'm just making out with yeah, one with girl to my right and one to my time. left. But like, you know, you spark up a conversation with a 
you know, attractive girl that's your age. And so sure, like, I never talk ha- to strangers on the plane unless they talk to me first, but I get the concept. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in between where like I sometimes I just have my headphones on and just listen to my music. But then there are some times where I do try to talk to the other person next to me. And so I've been in that situation like Drake where, yeah, you get the, you know, attractive girl your age just people you, you want to sit with and like don't right have an and then issue. then there have been moments where i've been like josh where you see the you know the gigantic person like please please no like yeah, not not this right person and then and they end up sitting next to you and it's like oh. <laughs> I, I i i feel like a horrible person for saying this because i, I get it i feel no, like I... i'm someone that looks at the good in people uh-huh. for the most part but i don't know when it comes to public transportation or public events and it's just like you get the person next to you that's like really should fill up two seats instead of just one yeah you know they and got the the arms you know you have no armrest yeah like, like you don't have the armrest at all to yourself like yeah it's really for them and no it's just I, like, I think yeah. like fenway is like an example where it's not fun when that oh, fenway's, a per- like especially- fenway's a dump yeah. like it, it's great to go to <laughs> games it, it is uh but at the same time it's kind of a dump. You, you get the, it's been you get around the full since 1912. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but I think, like, the big thing is the obnoxious part. Like, how regardless of how uncomfortable it is to sit next to just, like, any person. It was more like, of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, any, time, any song that came on just went crazy. And it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, that's just I in just general. Maybe I just can't match that same enthusiasm. But uh, I, I don't know. It's just... It, it it was just a little uncomfortable. Yeah, no, the the like overzealous fan. Like I I totally understand right. that. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Um, just like in in general, whether it's a concert or a sporting event, when like you said, you just can't match the enthusiasm at times. Like that, it's it's not an ideal. I mean, situation. if it was a Taylor Swift concert, you I mean, I'm, I'm right there, but yeah. uh, but I'm not gonna pretend to. Uh, I I like I like Stevie Nicks. I, I, there sure. are a few songs I like from her, uh, especially Landslide and. Uh, Edge of seventeen, like the mm-hmm. she definitely yeah, the has classics. some. Yeah, the was Fleetwood Mac, right? But yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend to to like her with the same amount uh, as I do with like Taylor Swift or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think and then that's... even Ed Sheeran to an extent too. Like, uh-huh. um, yeah, you're not a super fan of either of them, and I, I get it. I right, like I'm a fan of both, uh, but I'm not like yeah, super fan, I guess is Yeah, so I've only been to, like, so many concerts in my life, and most of the ones that I've gone to, I've been, I don't want to say super fan, but I've been, like, a very good, like, big fan of them. Like, I see bands, typically, who, like, I really know their music well, like, I can sing a lot of the the songs, and I'm there to just have a great time, and uh, (laughs) I'm not someone who spends a lot of time just going to random concerts just for the sake of it. And like, I'm like, Oh, I know like two of these songs and I'm just kind of like sitting there like amongst a sea of like super fans. That just never really happens. Yeah. To me. I would say, I, I would say both of them. I knew enough of their songs to, cause, cause I'm not mm-hmm. like, not going to lie. Like there were some songs that were, I don't, I don't know the lyrics to that one. Yeah. Right. Well, Those but... are the ones. All right. Now's the time to go get, go get a new beer, go to the bathroom and then like head right. back. Yeah. That's you, you need a few of those, I think in every, every concert. Right. So yeah. I'm going going to see matchbox 20 in july and very excited for that and i i'm a huge fan like i i would consistently put them on my like top three bands of all time if i ever have to rank them and they're pretty close to one if they're not there um that would be to me like one of the the concerts so that's like I'm going to go see them. I'm going to know a lot of the songs, but I'm also not going to be like going crazy at the sight of Rob Thomas like some other fans might be doing. 
Yeah, you're definitely a bigger fan than I am, but uh, of Matchbox Twenty, but Unwell and How Far We've Come, those are probably my two favorites from them. And there, there are a few others that I like. I yeah, I, I mean, I don't necessarily want to go through their whole uh, discography. Right, I'm not going to go through right the entire now. playlist. Just, uh, <laughs> just mentioning a couple of songs I, I really do like from them. Yeah, no, they're they're a good one. Definitely excited for that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to hear you had a you know good experience up north and. Uh, Let's uh, move on and kind of get going here. Lots of NBA talk to cover in this one. And we had two really big trades happen in the last like week or so, both involving the Washington Wizards. Now, we could start with the one also involving the Celtics, but let's at least go in chronological order and talk about the first one that yeah, happened. That's, that's totally fine. And that is uh, Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns. And I think there are a lot of different directions we can go with this one, but I think... The the first starting point when it comes to this trade is the Wizards did not get a ton back for this guy. Like all those years of loyalty talk and holding on to him and he continues to stay and then all of a sudden they they give him that no trade clause and now they come away with Laird Shamit and a second round pick. They didn't even get first round picks for the guy. No. <laughs> they got they got second round picks and then a guy that wasn't on even on their team for more than what two days because yeah, chris, chris paul, paul well <laughs> just then just flip the... into golden state are you are they got more for chris paul than they did yeah, for right Bradley. he's got a first round pick for him even though it's not till 2030 right uh and and they also take on that brutal con do they do they take on the whole contract i don't know all the oh of jordan uh, Poole. Of Jordan Poole, right? Yeah, they're getting his contract. He's going to be the best player on the team. He's going to shoot 30 shots a night. It's right, like, so his his stats are going to improve just because uh, he's the, the guy now. Yeah, he'll <laughs> average like 25.5 points per game, and the Wizards will go 19-63 and 63 and be contenders right. to the number one overall pick. Yeah, so they're obviously a rebuilding team. I, I mean, I guess they've been a rebuilding long team overdue. for as long as we've, yeah. as long as we've known them. Well, <laughs> like, I don't think they've ever been... Like what? Their best years were with what? What Gilbert Arenas? Well, in 2017, John Wall and Bradley Beal took the Celtics to seven games. Oh, in it's the been conference so semis. long. I know they have had two eight seed appearances in the five playoffs since then, and most of what they've done is just kind of like middling. Like some years, 39 wins is good enough to make the playoffs. Other years, it's not. Like that's that's really where they've been the last half decade. Oh, man, I totally forgot about that series. <laughs> I mean, it was what seven years ago now. Yeah, it, well, it was right before Tatum arrived. So. Right, I, I knew it was before Tatum. That was yeah, Kelly Olynyk, Game Seven. Like, I think, I, right? Yeah, yeah. Jalen uh, Brown was like a bench player who barely. played. Yeah, it was his rookie it was season. His rookie season, uh, right? Right. And yeah, that kind of Isaiah that, Thomas. That comes back that to was, memory yeah, yeah, that was the IT year, right before right. he got traded. The IT year and the Kelly Olynyk Game Seven. Yep. Yeah, I do remember those now. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, so the, <laughs> the the trade itself, like, look, the the Suns, they're definitely getting a, they're setting up a big three now of, like, instead of Chris Paul, you're now getting a, a much better player at this point in their in their careers, in Bradley Beal, and now you set them up with Booker and KD, it's, that's a pretty great combination, and then along with, I'd imagine DeAndre Ayton will still be in Phoenix. So yeah, that, that's it's, a, it's t- yeah, a talented we'll team, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I just don't trust. That's their entire team. I I, I just don't <laughs> trust Phoenix at this point, even though they have all this talent. Um, they just, I just don't. They I I, I always see them now as this fifty-five win team that'll be a really high-seeded team for the playoffs, but will eventually blow it against a team that's uh, much more established than them. 
Yeah, so I guess just jumping into the Suns' perspective, because from a Wizards standpoint, it's just, okay, they got rid of like his big contract but got nothing for him. Now they're going right. to rebuild and be terrible for a couple of years. So for Phoenix, they have Kevin Durant, who they acquired last year, and it's like this is going to make them a championship team. And he plays, what, eight regular season games, if that? And then well, he slipped on the 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 court. Yeah, in, in warm ups in that one game. Then he had, he, uh, missed, he ended up missing multiple weeks. Yeah, no, he 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 barely played for the team. Um, yeah, he played eight games for the Suns last year, and then you combine him with Devin Booker, who played just fifty three games. He's someone who's been limited to injuries, and then Bradley Beal. For all the talk about his loyalty, he never actually plays for the Wizards. He played fifty games this year, and I think it was statistically one of his better seasons, but it's still in a small sample size. So. And now with DeAndre Ayton, I, I, I think it's the nature of the NBA now. It just, is. You're just listing like, up every every guy there, and well, like it's all not playing fifty or sixty games. Yeah, it's not necessarily that they're just all being load managed. Like they're all they all have injury histories, and now they're they're relying on these four players to to stay healthy and carry them to a championship because they're not going to be able to add anybody else. It's just going to be those four: Cameron Payne, and then a handful of like second round picks who are going to try to make the roster and then a bunch of yeah, like as, t- as talented minimum value as they players. are as talented as they are <laughs> their bench is non-existent and they that was why they lost to denver this year <laughs> like when when katie booker like they they didn't perform in the playoffs chris paul was hurt they didn't stand a chance because they had no bench they had no depth to turn to and now they're just going to try to run it back and basically do the same thing and hope for better results and i just don't understand like I, I'm someone who believed that Kevin Durant was going to lead the Nets to a title in the same way he did with the Warriors, and that I, I think it would have happened if his foot wasn't on the line in Game Seven against Milwaukee. I do think they win it that year, but outside of that one season, they were never a serious threat to win at all. And I'm at the point now where like I thought when he went to Phoenix last year, oh, they're gonna win a title, and I just think last season's playoff exposed this team, and they just, they didn't really do anything with this trade to change their overall, like, ceiling. I think, like, they're, they'd be a great team if you played it on 2K with injuries turned off, but I just don't trust this team to stay healthy <laughs> and have depth, you know? I guess if they can turn DeAndre Ayton into valuable, like, multiple pieces, but it doesn't sound like anybody wants to trade for him. Uh, so. I, I would absolutely try to trade him. I just think he's... Uh, look, he's he, he's in the prime of his career, first overall pick, and he's a solid big man, and he, and it's kind of refreshing that he's not like your typical, you know, modern day NBA center where he's, you know, standing uh, like outside the pain and he's shooting because because the NBA is turned into more shooting. Yeah, more he's shooters. He's definitely one of like, the at exceptions. every position. Like he's still the traditional center. But at, with that being said, though, like he's so soft. Yeah, like I, I just want nothing to do with DeAndre Aiden. And so I would try to trade for him to get multiple bench pieces well so chris haynes put out a report saying that they're planning on keeping eight and with the other three which everyone is interpreting as they he has no trade value for them to get anything back without just completely losing the trade i i, w- I would try to trade him still if, if there's any way to you can it's just because like i said he's soft and they have no bench because look at the 08 celtics team when they won it all yeah they had pierce garnett and allen but that bench was awesome. <laughs> like, and yeah, I, I the, agree. I agree with your the, points. For this team, uh, for this team it, I I don't. If th- if this is how they're going to go into the season, 
like how their how their yeah. roster is constructed I, I i don't love their ceiling no chance yeah like they can maybe make it out of the first round but again like you're saying the sun should try to trade Eaton because he's a soft player and he's making 120 million dollars nobody wants him that's the issue <laughs> that's the problem we keep going back to that point of try, shit. To, convince they try, and, try to, to convince but... somebody to take him and that's it sounds like they haven't been able to do that and i i think because of that i just can't really take this team seriously right now i don't know what the final roster is going to look like maybe they'll convince a ton of guys to come join them on minimum contracts and try to ring chase behind katie that's Booker really the way Beal, if, but if that's gonna, yeah it's the that's only really chance. the only way is you, you hope you can find some veteran guys that will take much less to to join the team mm-hmm yeah, and I mean, this team at this point is very much like they need to win a title within the next two years, especially as those guys get older and they can be counted on less, uh, both from an on-the-floor and off-the-floor perspective. And, um, you know, just like with the new NBA CBA, it's going to be so difficult to build a team when you're paying three guys super max deals or whatever, you know, max contracts they have. Uh, and I, I guess that can kind of be a transition because if the Suns aren't the team under the most pressure to win a title in the next few years, it's probably because it's the Boston Celtics. And uh, we said the the Wizards traded Bradley Beal. They also traded Chris Porzingis to Boston and uh, Marcus Smart going to the Memphis Grizzlies. And <laughs> I think it's uh, it, Bill Barnwell kind of summed it up with one tweet where he said that. Uh, you know, most of NBA fans are saying, wow, the Celtics did really well in this trade, while Celtics fans are saying, this is the worst day of my life. And I don't think I that s- applies saw, to us. But I saw that too. I think that's, I think that is a perfect way to describe this trade because, uh-huh. oh man, Celtics fans, and not including myself. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely not in that camp of, of the majority of Celtics fans, but the majority of Celtics fans were, oh, they were crying over this trade. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we just lost the heart and soul of this team. And it's like, all right, I, I, I get it. Like, uh, Even though I'm a hater, I, I, I do see the good things that Marcus Smart brings to the table. Yeah, longest tenure and I do Celtic. Think, I do think he, I, I think for the most part, not not obviously the entire time, but I, I think for the most part he was a, a plus in the playoffs. I, I think, especially in that Heat series, because there were times where, he was the only one hitting anything, which is really amazing to me. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so, so he definitely made an impact for the Celtics, and yeah, heart and soul. And one thing you could say about him is that he loved playing in Boston, which he did. Which yeah. doesn't sound like a big thing, but it's, it actually is, especially when other NBA. players like I don't know Jalen Brown hate it here. Uh, Potentially, Marcus I mean, genuinely <laughs> liked playing for Boston, uh-huh. so. He yeah, he's good, definitely not good. happy to be leaving the Celtics. No, definitely not. And you know, another thing is, obviously, he was great defense, great defense, great defensive player, mm-hmm. defensive player of the year a couple of years ago. And you know, someone like him could guard multiple positions, which is kind of what made the Celtics defense as great as it, as great as it is, is because he can guard the guard position or the or forwards. Guys that are bigger than him. He can guard multiple types of positions and so yeah i mean his defensive impact defense. is definitely big uh-huh. yeah it'll hurt their defense more it sounds like the celtics are really going to commit to the offensive end of the floor <laughs> more than uh, <laughs> uh yeah. i think that's pretty obvious yeah, just I think given that's true. who they just gave up and who they got in return because uh-huh. porzingis i loved porzingis in new york he Same. was i thought he was the man in uh-huh. new york uh but 
even though he's seven foot three, he doesn't rebound as much as you like. Because uh, yeah, he had twenty three points per game last year with the Wizards, but he also yeah, he's definitely rebounds. an offensive big man at this. Uh, he's definitely like, he plays like a wing, even though he's seven foot three. Uh huh. And so they're definitely going to be def- the offense is definitely going to run through him a little bit. And I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of the move because the Celtics they really needed to. I like there are no more excuses for Brown and Tatum at this point. Oh yeah, no, I like, I think like, they it's they need their to do team something. now. Yes, yes, the Celtics need to do something. I think like one phrase that I've seen a lot coming from Celtics fans and saying why they're upset, why they shouldn't have made this move is Marcus Smart is Boston. Marcus Smart is the Celtics, and I think yeah, it's kind of painful in some ways having to trade a player who's been around for so long, all the playoff games, you know, through the highs and lows. But that sentiment is also why this needed to happen because this is a team that keeps coming so close and Marcus Smart for you know every great moment he has he has at least one bad moment he can't finish all the time and you know close games we've seen plenty of turnovers and I don't think he's the only problem but it just felt like Celtics needed to do something and that's right for me I wanted them to move Jalen Brown but Marcus Smart was the the number two option most games in Celtics history without a title uh, yeah. Marcus Smart is. So, yeah, and that's exactly. And I think to, that's, to say he's a loser is strong, but uh, statistically, he's for not the a Celtics, winner. Yeah, he, he's, or, yeah like, he's not a championship winner. And that's the goal right. for the Celtics is to win a championship. And you know, I, I don't. I'm not someone who's just content with this team continuing to run it back, run it back, run it back, and hope for no. things to break their way is, because they've been opportunities the past two seasons 2022 Chris Middleton gets hurt in the first round Celtics are able to advance go all the way to finals and then ultimately they they blow it against the Warriors and then last year you have an eight seed in the Eastern Conference finals and you lose to them in you seven still can't games get it done. yeah and I think for me it was just time to do something different and yeah I mean as much as Porzingis is not a great defensive player he's coming off the best season of his career He's a great offensive player, and I'm excited to see how he fits in he, with he, Al Horford and Rob Williams as big man. Yeah, he's he's great on the offensive end of the floor. Obviously, uh, his his post game is good because other than like Jokic, uh, he's he's <laughs> he's actually one of the better post players in the league. Uh-huh. And yeah, you know Rob and Al, they're great, but you know Al Horford really showed his age in the playoffs. Yep, that's and for so sure. I don't, you can't you can't trust him to play. 40 minutes a game every night oh, definitely just, not. that's just that's just asking way too much from him at this point in his career and then you can't trust rob to stay healthy you can't trust and him to play look, at you all you can't trust porzingis <laughs> to stay healthy either uh-huh. but and that is maybe the maybe having all three together uh-huh. you know that'll give you could spread those minutes around which yeah. maybe which could prevent injury more injuries from happening for right. those guys i'd imagine all three of them will play like 60 games this year. There'll be times where one of them is out and, and the other guys are in. Yeah, well, that's it's hoping that they at least stagger injuries and you know you can load manage them in the a right way and you don't end up missing two or even three of them for any kind of long period of time. So yeah, that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I like this trade is just because even though Al and Rob are, are great for the team, you really need another. You probably need another big man, honestly. Yeah, I think just you given, need some type of insurance. Probably a like young some guy. sort of other depth piece, uh, <laughs> not like Muscala. <laughs> yeah, like Mus- someone like a little bit. Better I know. Than well, that. Muscala and Gallinari were just sent to Washington, and Grant Williams probably isn't coming back. Like I can't imagine the Celtics won't be beaten on a contract by somebody else, even though he's restricted free agent. So yeah, I, I don't see Grant coming back, <laughs> and if 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 they. They already they already trade away smart. If they were to lose him and Grant, wow, you're talking about two guys that are 
like ma- like you know big talkers in the room. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the room gets a little bit quiet, which is a good thing, uh, just because I think the Celtics, even though we're fans of them, they're they're kind of one of the most annoying teams. In the oh, league they're in terms easily of, in terms of yeah. bitching at the refs. Yeah. Oh, the amount of time, especially especially uh, two years ago. Uh-huh. Especially in that final. Well, I mean, I even think Golden like State. last year was was the same. Like, I, I think there are a lot of Celtics fans who realize that they would not be a fan of the Celtics if they were a I, fan I, of somebody else. I admit that. <laughs> like, if if like I, Marcus Smart already drove me crazy for a team, or I was rooting for him. Mm-hmm. On the, he was on the team I'm rooting for. Like, can I? I can only imagine what it's going to be like when, when he's on a team that I not rooting for you know, rooting yeah well i know you're you're a memphis grizzlies hater and i, I think memphis oh, is a perfect, perfect team spot for him. <laughs> the perfect spot uh, for marcus smart to be on yeah i don't want to say he's you know totally fake tough because marcus smart is a tough guy but i don't know like that the, that memphis grizzlies team man like all i mean dylan brooks won't be there so that'll definitely help in, yeah in a way but uh-huh. but i mean they still have john but man that team Jackson. just is all talk uh-huh. <laughs> yeah no he he fits the grit and grind he fits all that talk, attitude and they're good defensively they yeah are. yeah of course i think he's gonna be like a great fit on that team and i i'm excited to see how he does there and just like outside of boston and it, it feels like a somewhat elevated role like i know that they still have john jaron jackson who are kind of like Tatum and Brown and at least the Memphis Grizzlies equivalent but with John Morant spending the first 25 games Smart right away is gonna have to step up and I think he'll make the Grizzlies better I think his like playoff experience will be enough to elevate them a little I don't know if this necessarily puts them you know from team that loses embarrassingly in the first round a legitimate finals contender like their fans believe they are but Uh, no I I'm I'm enjoy I enjoy the combination uh, of Marcus Smart like on the Grizzlies I think it's a great fit Uh in 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 good ways and bad ways oh yeah great no I totally get I think it's it's a perfect situation in terms of whether you like him or not and whether you like the Grizzlies or not and of course just going to the West helps too so not as much of a threat um you know the one game where he returns to boston i'm sure he'll get amazing ovation and cheers from the crowd lots of highlight videos and stuff but won't have to worry about competing with him until the finals and come playoff time so i'm glad they made this trade just because like we've mentioned we like they they couldn't just run it back with the exact same roster and expect different results Mm -hmm. I, i remember when when they lost game seven to miami days later brad was asked about like how the season went and the way it sounded it, it, it made, he made it sound like they were just going to run it back with yeah, the same roster maybe with a couple changes like Peyton Pritchard for you know some yeah, right. like some or whatever. yeah minor I thing. thought it was going to be something like that uh-huh. but to 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 trade a, a really key piece on your team for someone that has I think Porzingis he, he I think he has more downside and upside I think I think there are a wider range of possibilities for him because he could he's obviously more injury prone but we've also seen him be you know the star that he was in New York where he got mm-hmm. the unicorn nickname and so I, I I'm I'm for this trade even what no matter how it pans out uh, yeah he had to change up something yeah and really though like Tatum and Brown like, th- it's, there are it really still no comes more through excuses. them no and, and it is their team mm-hmm yeah, which I think is a good way to put it is like it, now it is. Yes, it's Tatum and Brown's team. You don't have a guy like Marcus Smart who's been there before they got there, and like he'll be associated with them. Now it's Porzingis, even, who's a new even face. Though, even though Brown and Tatum are obviously the much better players than compared to Smart, but because Smart is that veteran guy, and he's he's better than he's not he's better than a role player, but he's also not a star. Uh, 
I feel like there were just times where they just defaulted to smart too many times, especially at the end of the game. It's like we, he mm-hmm. took that last shot against well, Philly, even though it went in. Yeah, uh, and then just, he took that last shot versus Miami. I think the that, one against Miami was more of a Heat defensive coverage. They're like, "We'll let Marcus Smart beat yeah, us." Yeah, because Tatum. Tatum was double covered and uh-huh. smartly on the Heat's part, even though they lost that game. Like, yeah, Marcus I mean, they Smart didn't the box out. Guy. <laughs> yeah, they let the right guy shoot. They just didn't make sure right. they got the rebound. Yeah, there, there's a reason why he doesn't get as much coverage uh, compared to guys like. Tatum is because mm-hmm. they kind of want him to take the shot. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally get it. He's someone who, you know, if he goes two for 10 down the stretch, usually those two threes are giant moments, but, you know, all those yeah. misses, you you just hope that it hits one of those times when, when it's more of a miss, which is more likely for him. What's the best thing about Marcus Smart, his confidence in, in himself? What's the worst thing about Marcus Smart, his confidence in himself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, can work, it can work in uh-huh. good and bad ways. Uh, yep. Of him always confident of taking the shot, even though he's not the best shooter. Yeah. No, and I, I totally get that. And I I, I think the Celtics are going to make some moves from here. if They're kind of limited in what they can do. Pretty uh, much yeah, just they, like they, a you know MLE-type player. So I would like him to... I would I'd like them to see uh like them to see make more moves. I'm curious what they do with Brogdon now. Yeah, I know because they, they tried, they tried to, to trade, trade Brogdon for Porzingis, uh-huh. and when that trade didn't go through, and they traded Smart for Porzingis. It, well, one, it's they really want Porzingis, which I'm for. Yep. Even though he's, you know, his better years were with New York. Although statistically, he was good. He's great coming off his best season. But, yeah. Right. But. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. Brogdon has the injury I, concern, but from what it sounds like, it's not like Malcolm Brogdon is like unhealthy, like unplayable. Career is over. It's just the yeah, Clippers didn't have Brian enough Winters, time to do a physical before the draft. I mean, it sound like his injury is like career threatening. Like, yeah, is, it's, isn't it's it a not. forearm or elbow. Uh-huh. Like, he can get just get surgery. And I know he's another injury prone player, but. I'm curious what they do of him, like, because I, I I do like Brogdon, sixth man of the year, was a great fit in the regular season, but he mm-hmm. he really kind of sucked in the playoffs, even I before know. he got hurt. Yeah. He wasn't that great. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I like Brogdon. I like the acquisition a lot. I want to see him continue to play well. I would have rather them traded smart than Brogdon, just simple for the shake things up, make a major change perspective. But I also understand the risk of, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White now being your, your two, relying on one of them to be a point guard because White is, he's a better shooting guard, you know, off ball guard. And Brogdon yeah, has the injury. I, that's concerns. another thing. I would want to get a facilitator mm-hmm. like you know Still i always it. thought rondo was overrated i'm not i don't want to say literally him but i just <laughs> using, using him as an example uh-huh. you know back in the day i always thought he was overrated or celtics fans overrated how good he was because when once the big three left and it was just him he was useless but he really was perfect for that team just given like That's all they needed. Yeah, they just needed a, pure a point facilitator, guard. pure uh-huh. point guard, and I would like them to get someone like uh, who is that guy though? I have no. Honestly, idea. 
I could be convinced that Rondo could still give you 15 minutes a game. <laughs> like, specifically him. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time he actually played in the NBA, but, like, he's the kind of guy that if you just saw him on an NBA roster, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's probably been, I mean, like... I, I didn't even know... He could probably know, be a coach. This, this is kind of off topic, but I, I had no idea Rudy Gay was still playing until oh, yeah, I saw right. that well, trade. I know. John finally, Collins John today. Collins finally gets traded, and, like, after years and years, and it's for Rudy Gay in a second-round pick. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like... Rudy Gobert is on the Timberwolves. He's not yeah, right. I saw anymore. Rudy. That's why. Like, why I would saw they make this trade? Too. They just traded four first round <laughs> picks for the guy. Like, why would they do? And then uh, it's like, oh, Rudy Gay. Like, Rudy yep. Gay is still playing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, he, he even had a player option, six million dollars. That's how much he's making. Not not only still on a team, but he's well above like a, a league minimum. So, yeah. yeah I mean, so uh, I would like for the Celtics to, if it's possible, get a pure point guard. Get another depth big man, uh, like after Porzingis, Horford, and w- w- Rob Williams. I mean, who knows? Maybe the murder cornet can be that guy. <laughs> yeah, but, they have guys on the roster. I, I just don't know how many can really be trusted at this point. And so then it's fair. And then the, their wing depth after Brown and Tatum, it's like what Sam Hauser? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, which I like Sam Hauser. I'd like to see him get more opportunities. I think like even just as like a, a three point shooter off the bench. I think he he's shown at times that he can be that, but he's also far from a sure thing. So right, yeah, and it, they don't have the full twelve point four million dollar non taxpayer mid level exception, but they they can still spend like a decent amount um, based on the mid level. It's just more in, I think in like the five million dollar range and um, starting to flirt with that second apron but they should still be able to do some things this year it's really when the jalen brown supermax happens assuming it actually does happen and that's when it's going to become a, a problem in terms of being able to manage this roster so i would i would rather keep brogdon but if they have to move him because of cap or tax purposes i, I would try to get him for multiple players yeah, that makes I sense. I know Deontay Murray is a name that it's been thrown out there. I keep but... hearing his name, and I don't <laughs> think it's realistic. Yeah, I don't think like, that's yeah, what be, the Hawks Yeah, I, w- I would like him in Boston, uh-huh. but who, who would they move him for? Yeah, it would be Malcolm Brogdon and, like, picks, I guess. But I feel like Atlanta... That's pro- that's the most realistic They don't want to move him just for the sake of like, moving I, to, him. Like, yeah, I, that's the most realistic outcome is mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon and, and picks, but... I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, also, like, I, I've seen a lot of, like, Celtics fans thinking Tyrese Halliburton is all of a sudden showing up to the team. And I, I finally saw a tweet, like, yesterday or the day before. It's like, why the hell do Celtics fans think Tyrese Halliburton is available? And I've been wondering the question, like, this whole time, why would Indiana ever move him? So I don't think he's, like, at all a realistic name. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think when it comes to the Celtics at this point, Porzingis is a big splash. We'll probably see a handful of guys like a Danilo Gallinari signing and you know see how they can fit in to just fill out the rest of the roster shame Gallinari never played because I, I know I, I remember in his prime when he was in trade talks of coming to the Celtics like no I don't want him to give up legitimate pieces for the guy but but you know signing him to a, a six million a, a, a small yeah six million dollar deal uh, as a bench piece, as a scorer, I was all for that. Yeah, I was super excited about it. And, yeah, really unfortunate he had to get hurt in the off season. So, um, I guess, you know, let's talk about the NBA draft a little now. So, that that's the other thing. And uh, when it comes to the NBA draft, 
I have a very difficult time talking about it in general, I think, for a couple of reasons. One is a lot of the guys who get drafted early these days did not play college basketball. They're all international right, they're or in they like go the, to the G League, the G League you know, overtime some, elite, yeah, overtime whatever. Elite, right. Yeah, and and just beyond that, the NBA draft is such a crapshoot. It, oh, like, it's, it's horrible. You don't know how many of these guys are going to have any sort of expectations. And then, of course, the big thing is everybody gets traded and you don't know who's like actually on the team. It, like, why can't you see like their their new it's, logos? It's, it's brutal. And yeah, we, we already knew that for for a long time now that if you're not in the top five or ten whatever if, if you're not in the lottery basically you are just you know you're trying to hit on a Jokic or Draymond or whatever or even like a Christian hope, Brown. hope you catch lightning in a bottle but yeah like someone who can maybe be a contributor but yes yeah absolutely but like. <laughs> for the most part you're just picking a guy who won't last more than a few seasons and and he'll be in europe uh mm-hmm. <laughs> by the yeah. time his contract is up and yeah so, right you'll get a lot of aaron neesmiths and romeo langfords and look at the draft and be like man <laughs> we could have so had this because there's our 14th <laughs> overall pick i know, like those, I know. that's not even like a second round like those are uh, mid first round picks like great yeah uh, so yeah the the, the nba draft you know i agree with you like the nfl draft is so much better because I, I mean I, I mean the NFL draft is, is kind of dorky as well, but it's like there's so many positions to fill and mm-hmm. you can find guys in the first round or even in the later rounds. But yeah, NBA it's really just those first. They're more of picks. a sure thing. At more, least yeah, like, it's more you of a sure thing in the NFL. Uh huh. Like than you the see NBA. a guy get drafted in the first round and it's like, All right, this is going to be their starting left tackle or this is going to be a key, like, you know, backup tight end wide receiver right. whereas is, the nba it's like a project but he can yeah. develop in the system then maybe right. he can be good and i Something can look like at that right yeah right but, and i look at guys that get drafted in the nba like late lottery right after i'm like are they even going to see the floor this year are they going to be in the g league like you have no idea what to expect with it so right it's really just so that's one part guys. of the nba draft that sucks mm-hmm. but the the other thing that really sucks now i think more than ever is that i hate when when it's the second round or even maybe even the late first and, and the, the picks are announced and the guy's like wearing a hat of a team that mm-hmm. quote unquote picked yeah, them, but he's really him. going to a different team. Like, why don't they just actually show that he's going to the, uh, the yeah, team I, that he's actually going to instead of the, you know what I, I mean? I don't know. I, I totally get it. And I don't understand why the NBA still does that, why they still can't make these draft day trades official, like why it just can't happen. Like, I, I don't understand why the NBA operates on this way because it's just not conducive to fans. Like, it's already no, difficult I, to keep up with the NBA draft as someone, it, unless you are really well versed in both college basketball and just like international prospects. Like, do you pay attention to the scouting combine and everything? At least know, like, the guy wearing your team's hat is really on your team and not right. just getting the, traded. Uh, yeah, that, that part is so brutal. And look, I watch more of the draft than you. Yeah, but I, mean, well, I did not watch. I watched portions of it, but the portions I watched were <laughs> uh-huh. brutal. Because yeah, it got I to a point where I'm just like, this, I'm just looking at my phone at Shams and Woj, and it's like, who's really going where? Mm-hmm. And like, did the Celtics make a pick or did they trade back yeah, they for traded. the tenth time? Well, spoiler, they traded. <laughs> yeah, like Brad, uh, Brad Stevens is doing his inner Bill Belichick <laughs> with, yeah, the, just, with the drafts. And I have no back. idea. I know they get a first round pick for Marcus Smart and turn him into six second rounders. <laughs> Yeah, just, which is just, you know, appa- apparently with the 
new CBA, apparently these second round picks are really valuable to have. But <laughs> do you know why? Know. Is it like a money like cost? I don't know thing, exactly or? why. I don't, but apparently they're more valuable now to have now. But just looking at the list of the players that the Celtics have taken in the second round or even even late first, it's just jag after jag that just just does not pan out. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of guys that, you know, they've acquired in recent years of the draft and very few of them like Grant Williams is like the only one who's been a like playoff rotation guy because you know Tatum right. and Brown were the top of the draft and Smart was the top of the draft and everyone else was just like acquired via trades or free agency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of the guys have taken outside like Brown and Tatum like those years that we were legitimately interested because they were yeah well like, yeah picks. they were top three like, who, yeah, third who are they going to take? Uh, uh, but man, yeah, like the NBA draft, like I watched the very beginning and even that was kind of stupid because like. They sh- I don't know who the female uh, commentator was, but like she kept describing Victor Wembanyama's moves for like ten minutes. <laughs> it was it was so yeah, cringy. It's like Andrea Carter. Yeah, I yeah. know. I like saw highlights of it. I wasn't watching that live, but yeah, I'm she like, was she getting <laughs> ripped apart by Twitter in general, especially with the JJ Reddick comments and calling him an average shooter. And- that too, like, and, and right, and then yeah, minutes later she called JJ Reddick an average shooter. Like he's one of the best shooters. Ever. Yeah, he's statistically a top 20 three-point shooter of all time. Right. Yeah. No, I know. That that was cringy to watch. Uh, And then they they would interview, like, all the the players with their parents. And, like, they would all say the same thing. Like, oh, we're so proud of them. What are they they getting in this player? Like, oh, someone that competes, works hard. (laughs) Like, they're all saying the same shit for every pick. uh, I really wanted one, just one parent to be like, yeah, my kid is he's kind of a lazy shithead. Like he's just doing think, this for the money. I think money. they took him like, around too early. I wanted just <laughs> just one parent to just say something a little bit different yeah, about their no, kid. Yeah, I don't think yeah, you'll you'll never get something like that. <laughs> it, it is every single time the commentary. It's all the same like buzzwords and catchphrases. Yeah. Um so number 1 overall Victor Wembanyama, no surprises. You knew he was going number 1 overall the second you heard of his name. Whether that was a year ago, 3 years ago, um I think for for Wembenyama, there's already some people wondering if he's a bust because there was a video of his first shoot around with the Spurs where he missed a handful of shots, <laughs> which I feel like every time you see those shoot around videos, everything goes in. Uh, for me, the big thing with Victor Wembenyama, did you see the photo he took with a bunch of like former Spurs players? Yeah, the one with Robinson, Duncan, uh, yeah, Manu. Manu, and Tony. Yes, it's yeah. That I saw that one. Yeah, insane how small he makes those guys look i know <laughs> like i see that duncan photo and, yeah uh, duncan cause, and cause, robinson uh, they're seven foot tall robinson yeah david He's robinson seven duncan. those guys are like nearly they're basically seven feet tall right yeah yeah i think duncan might be six eleven Manu Ginobili six six. You would think he's five four if you didn't know how tall Wembenyama <laughs> was. It's it's insane just like seeing that. It just really puts into perspective how tall victor is at seven five. I saw a video of him many months back when he was playing in France mm-hmm. for whatever his Metropolitan's whatever 92. For. Right. And there there there's this group of females that wanted a picture with him and there were like these seats that were in front of Victor, right? Yeah. And instead of going around the seats to to get the picture of them, he decides to step over them. <laughs> like he stepped over like this giant row of seats. I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I, I would I wish I had the video of it because uh, it's like 
You're well, just I like that tall. You just like can crawl over like seats. Like he has easily. that big of a step. He's that uh, tall where it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I wish I, I had that video game. I think I think he's going to be great, or at least I wanted to be. I've just heard so much about this guy. Like I'm excited to see what he can do in yeah, San Antonio. I, yeah, the the fact that he's that tall and has guard like moves and mm-hmm. shooting ability. It's, yeah, yeah, he look uh, he looks like. Uh, yeah, he looks incredible. <laughs> yeah, he has all the makings to be one of like the greatest ever, which is just and he ends insane. up in a perfect spot for him, mm-hmm. just given that he's on a team that's coached by Popovich and there are plenty of connections that he already has team. He was already rooting for when he was a kid. So yeah. 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 It's definitely the perfect spot. Yeah. And I think in terms of the NBA draft, it started at the second pick. We, we knew right. That that was one of them. That uh was the pick I was interested in the most. Like not even my, not even the Celtics. Like I don't care. Yeah, of course. I was hoping that they would take, you know, someone in the late first round that could be a legitimate piece because there are definitely guys that are dropping that I didn't expect or we didn't expect to be mm-hmm. there. But uh, the the pick that I was really interested in the most was, yeah, the second pick because there were talks of like, all right, Brandon Miller is going to be this, the, the pick at number two. But then there were reports in the beginning of Thursday by Shams, like, oh, Scoot Henderson, he's there. there's a legitimate steam on him being the second pick. And then all of a sudden it was, at the end of the day, it was still Brandon Miller. Yeah, so I guess you bring up Shams in that tweet. Like, what are your thoughts on uh, him doing that as someone who is employed by FanDuel? Yeah, I I, I understand people's frustrations and that maybe just be give, just given that who he's employed by and he puts that out and it ends up being completely wrong. I get people's frustrations. I don't think I don't think it was like. I don't think that was Sham's intention uh, of like, you know, just helping FanDuel Sportsbook and uh, and them getting a bunch of money. See, I want to believe it's not, but it it brings up a point that it is like a really sketchy thing. Right. That with that being said, though, I'm curious how draft betting will be like in the future. Yeah, I mean, really, like it's it it's affects the draft in this case, but betting in general, when it just comes to things like yeah, like a draft pick or free agency or anything that an insider could affect, and I think the draft is probably like the biggest thing, just because people can bet on picks like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it's something when you know, as someone who like does not bet on the NBA draft, this doesn't really affect me, but like I can understand like him feeling like he's moving the line for his company, for his own self, especially when Woj puts out a tweet. It was always Brandon Miller. It was always like everyone, Brandon Miller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone wanted him. Like there was no serious consideration of Scoot Henderson. Um, and I guess, you know, just talking about the pick in general, this feels like such a Charlotte Hornets thing to do. And, oh, I know it does. <laughs> you know, Brandon Miller could turn out to be a star. Like the, no doubt, like he, he went number two overall for a reason, but when you have a draft where you have essentially two players being viewed as generational guys and you have the second pick and walk away with neither of them because you pick a guy supposedly because he is a better positional fit, which is like a cardinal sin in the NBA draft. That's what dumb teams do. You pick talent over the positional need. And it just you feels pick the, crazy. You pick the to, better talent. Yeah, and it feels I, crazy yeah, to so say Scoot to, can't be that guy when your point guard who you already have is six foot seven. Like <laughs> You know, yeah, you, they made the. Well, I'm not gonna pretend to be an NBA scout. Yeah, no, it could. Yeah, if if you hear, because I never watched Scoot, uh, but when everyone, when the real experts are saying that, like, yeah, like you got two generational talent 
talented players, and obviously uh, one of them being really uh, up there, uh, really crazy. Yeah, but you had the option to get a number one overall pick in any year other than this year, and you have the number two overall pick, and you pass on him. That's essentially what happened here. And then Brandon Miller certainly had questions with co- in college with the whole thing off the court. And yeah, then... I think most college basketball fans who are like casual college basketball fans only know who Brandon Miller is because Be- of because him of that being story. associated with murder and then watching him just absolutely choke in the NCAA right. tournament. Right. See, that's the thing. I I remember, look, you know when it comes to college basketball where I love the tournament uh, and yeah, watching him in that San Diego State game. Three for nineteen. He just bricked shot after shot. It's like this dude is a lottery. This this dude's gonna be in the top two or three. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. man, I, I don't like. So combining all those things together with you know the off the court thing and then how he performed in the tournament and there are you know touted two generational talented players and he gets picked over one of them. Yeah, it, the, the Hornets have just been brutal at, in the draft. Who, yeah, who knows? Maybe Michael Jordan did this on purpose because he's, you know, selling the team, and it's like, wait, did he even? He made the pick, right? He made the pick. Yeah. 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 He maybe made he the did pick. it to, as a, like, you know, middle finger Just like to a... the Hornets. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. And then, I... and then Brandon Miller had that thing where he's like, "Well, Michael Jordan's not my goat. It's Paul George." Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes. he, maybe he. Maybe Brandon Miller said uh, that so he didn't get picked by Charlotte. <laughs> well, that there was. I think a lot of people said he was either intentionally trying to tank or he really wanted to go to Charlotte. It was like I'm gonna say all these things. Oh, Michael Jordan airballed in our game of one on one, whatever, and like just like forced MJ to be like, you know what, I'm gonna take this guy. Right. Um, so yeah, there's two different ways to look at it. Uh, but regardless, I don't blame Hornets fans for being upset about this pick because. You know, you you just look at the history of that franchise and the idea that they could have maybe ended up with like a superstar based on what everyone's thinking was Scoot Henderson. And then they walk away with a guy who is seemingly a lower ceiling and, you know, not the type of player that you necessarily want with the number two overall pick, um, you know. Michael K. Gilchrist. Those I don't know if he's that, the, the but Hornets like, fans booing the pick. Are uh-huh. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of them, and yeah. So I think for me personally, I wanted Brandon Miller to go to Charlotte at number two. I was excited when they took him because at number three, I thought the Trailblazers were going to take Scoot Henderson and trade him elsewhere. And the trade right. I really that wanted was to see was another reason why I was interested in the very beginning of the uh, draft is because I thought there'd be a major trade. Yeah, with, with, scoot to with the Pelicans for Zion Williamson. That was what I wanted to see. And of course, I know Damian Lillard. Or that maybe. too, right. Uh, either Scoot one of them. or yeah, either Lillard, Lillard or right. Scoot. Right, one of them. Uh-huh. Like, there would have been a major trade, or at least I thought there was going to be. And there still once could that didn't be, happen, but... it's like, well, yeah. I could tune out of the draft now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. At this point, it's like, all right, which Thompson twin is going to go first? And then, you know, what are some of these other guys? Like, it, you lost interest at that point when it's the third pick comes and goes without a trade. Exactly. So, yeah, and I, I totally get it. I think from Portland's perspective, there's two directions they can go. What I want them to do is trade Scoot Henderson to the Pelicans for Zion Williamson. What I think they should do is trade Damian Lillard to the Heat or whoever else buys into the idea of Damian Lillard and kickstart a rebuild with a guy who can, you're hoping will be Damian Lillard, but also, what, a decade younger? Like, feels like a good way to build this team. So, um, so sorry for sorry for uh <laughs> sorry for laughing but like you, you talked about how yeah like a scoot for zion trade i'm just thinking yeah. you know zion what's the best thing for him at this point in his career is i think for him to go to a place that doesn't have uh as as 
<laughs> have as great like, food? Well, no, not food. Or women. Well, oh, uh, actually, there t- okay, two things, actually. <laughs> food and lack of women <laughs> and like maybe he was moving to these girls to new orleans i don't think where they live is a an issue here well, it's like if he Portland gets treated to like la miami like that's trouble for zion but yeah, if he gets I, treated I like uh, utah portland <laughs> boston uh, <laughs> i think that could be good for his career <laughs> maybe yeah yeah i i, I will say like it, it's when you get like this flirtation of a big trade happening and in, in this regard with scoot henderson it's just it's hard to not like want it to happen so that's where my mindset is i hope it still does but i think that's the, the best thing about the nba is the, all the pieces that are moving and yeah all, all the rumors that's, that's all honestly the drama, my favorite part about the, the nba agency. not the nba season like the no it's season. yeah it's june 20th through july 10th. july whatever yeah it's, it's the, the greatest part about the nba uh I, I agree. I think everyone really feels that way. Like all the, the news, like starting so Friday night, 6 p.m., June 30th, you're going to get all the news of players signing and all these big deals that will kind of go throughout the weekend. It, it's it's exciting. It's some fun stuff. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, that will be the, the next big domino. And the Portland needs to make a decision soon before free agency starts because other teams need to know, like, what direction are they going to go, you know, what – um, you know what I, type of cap space they're gonna have, like all those details. So, if I were to guess what happens, I say they move Lillard, and it'll be Miami. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> there are serious because there are reports uh, about how he's interested, and he even said it on his Instagram or whatever. Yeah, the, the like, heat. Oh, oh, I'd love to go Miami. I'm I'm boys with Bam. Yeah, and he just coincidentally was live on Instagram in a club with Welcome to Miami playing in the background. Yeah, so I I I think. I think that seriously could happen. Him in Miami with Butler. That's a scary backcourt. Yeah, I don't want it to happen. I uh, don't know. want it to happen either, which is why I think it'll happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess outside of him, I don't know. Or I guess outside of Miami, I don't know where a trade would be. I don't even know what a Heat trade would look like. Like, he has a crazy contract. They'd have to move a ton right, of people, pieces. People keep saying that that there's going to be a big three of Lillard, Butler, and Bam. I'm like... Okay, well, if it's those three, like, who the hell are you trading for Lillard? Yeah, it's like Tyler Hero Tyler and a bunch Hero. of Jags. Yeah, like, Tyler Hero, well, Duncan Robinson, and what, Caleb Martin, and, you know, is that Nikola Yeah, Jovic? take advantage like, of his value while you can, because uh, I guarantee you his that series he had versus Boston is the best. Alive. Well, yeah, I think the NBA Finals proved that, uh, you know, he's <laughs> right. not that guy all the time, so... Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. Like, there's certainly like the big one, and then from there, the the two decisions in terms of free agents that are looming are James Harden and Kyrie Irving, and you know that those three players, or I guess you know three to four, however you want to call Lillard and Henderson, are going to shape the the beginning of the NBA free agency offseason period. So you know, I you know how I mentioned I want the Celtics to get a a point a pure point guard. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not him, <laughs> <laughs> bring back Kyrie. Just like, uh, the, I would, I, try I, it again. <laughs> Kyrie in, Brian out. Uh, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> if, if that were I, to happen, I don't know how I'm they. Out. The only way it could happen would be if they were to do a sign and trade involving Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Right. So that's never which gonna happen. isn't going to happen. Or Dallas. Yeah, that would be funny. Dallas brings back Porzingis. Celtics bring back Kyrie Irving. Oh, that would be horrible. Yeah, I, I would. I, I don't would lose my mind. I think both fan bases would hate that in that trade. That's like <laughs> yeah. nobody wins. Have a trade where everyone hates. Uh-huh. It's not a win-win. It's a lose-lose for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what plays out in these next few days. Um, you know, I think 
the one issue, I don't know if issue is the right word, but the one qualm I have when it comes to NBA free agency is it feels like the last few years, pretty much since that summer of 2019 when everybody was a free agent, the only teams who have cap space are teams who aren't interested in signing big free agents. Like the Rockets probably do something, but all of the teams like that have a money to spend are just going to be like the Jazz trading for John Collins. Like that's how they're going to fill their cap space. So I but at the same time, you only have so many marquee free agents this year that kind of, you know, that that's just where we're at. I just want one of those summer of 2019 where, like, everybody's a free agent again. Cause that was really oh, cool. Yeah. That was the best best free agency period. It was, but it was also, like... That was that was the year where Kyrie left for Brooklyn. Yeah, you know? no, I mean it, it wasn't necessarily like I guess from a Celtics fan, yeah, you replace Kyrie with Kemba, you lose Al Horford to the Sixers. It wasn't necessarily the most fun, but all right, of the it wasn't parts fun, were but cool. it's like I'm glad I'm glad one guy's out. Thank yeah, God. from like but, just like from a, a neutral like non biased standpoint, right, all fan. the moving parts was really cool, and I don't know right. that you know when we're gonna see. You're an not you're not like gonna that get again. that same thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, I guess, you know, I was thinking we're not going to have someone hold up free agency like KD did, but any three of Kyrie, you know, any one of, I guess, Kyrie, James Harden, Lillard could do that. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, James Harden know. will just, it doesn't matter where he goes. <laughs> like, what if it's Philly or Houston? Just, he's not going to, I don't take Harden seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But it's it's still an interesting name. It's gonna right. be, have it, an effect on somebody's off season when it comes right. down to it. He'll either he'll either stay in Philly, or he'll end up back in Houston, and him and Ime will hit up the strip clubs big time, not together. Like that, that's a <laughs> dynamic duo off the court for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I don't necessarily want that to happen because I know that there's gonna be a decent amount of success, and Ime will get treaded for of, another uh, turnaround. I mean, Houston, they're like super young. Mm-hmm. They, they have a they have a decent amount of young talent right now. Yeah, Jalen Green. I don't know if adding Harden like imp- improves that. I don't think it does. I think I'd rather just stick with the young guys that you got and develop them. They have sixty four million dollars worth of cap space, so they can definitely be active and make some moves if they want. You know, w- whatever that means. So could just be acquiring bad contracts for first round picks, but. Anyway, um, that's it for basketball for now. Just, you know, a a few things to touch on. So just escaping the world of sports for a minute. The the biggest news of the past week, the um, Ocean Gate Titan submersible was just going to search for the Titanic and never came back. So that's been the biggest news story. I guess, what are your thoughts on this? Were you keeping up with it a lot, doing a lot of research, like having Uh, ideas of what's happening? (laughs) I mean, I, I, I know the general like story mm-hmm. <laughs> and i gotta say if there's a if there's a top five that i would like a do-over with mm-hmm. it's the top five fears <laughs> okay because <laughs> i would add being stuck underwater <laughs> uh thirteen thousand feet sinking down to the bottom of the ocean that i i that's a new fear <laughs> i would have yeah uh, so <laughs> I I agree with that. The idea of being stuck like on that ocean and just running out of air like sounds like a horrifying way to die. From what it sounds like, it just imploded and they were yeah. dead basically as soon as anyone heard about this being an, an issue. But um I I guess like I I have a few thoughts on this whole situation. I think, you know, first of all, like people died. It's sad, like, you know, feel right. not 
happy about that like i'm not taking joy in billionaires dying like some people are but yeah I've seen that being that. yeah that being said though i don't necessarily care like they were just going on basically a joy ride they're like we have all this money let's spend it and go down to the titanic like it I wasn't this isn't same, the challenger like this isn't like in the right. name of science or anything it's I just have the exact same sentiment where i'm certainly not like like what you just said there are people out there making fun of these people that died like that's uh-huh. That's definitely going too far, but I'm also with with you as well. I'm not, That's like, not devastated about it. Yeah, I'm not heartbroken or devastated either, right? I guess I feel bad for, there's one person, uh, correct me if I'm wrong with this story, but there was a 19-year-old who was the son mm-hmm. of someone else in the submarine. Yes. That that didn't, at least that, from the reports I've read, that he didn't want to Yeah, according to go. like his sister or something. Yeah, they said he didn't want to go and just went down to be with his dad. Just right. know, like join him, like make like him happy. Father's Day. Like that, yeah, that's, right. That's one that I'm like, all right, like that one's a little bit yes, heartbreaking. Yes, I agree. That That's the one case where I do like really feel bad, but- when it comes down to it, just everything I've seen with like all the videos and stuff, uh, you know, like this having to sign a waiver, not having it be certified. It's like you're, you're living life on the edge and I get it. It's probably a cool thing. From what I understand, they've made successful trips in the past. It wasn't like this is a first time launch, like the real Titanic and just everything goes horrible. But it's also one of those where it's just like, I'm not going to sit here and be devastated over these people who decided they wanted to venture down to the bottom of the ocean in search of the Titanic in a tiny little submarine controlled by an Xbox controller. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it it seems like reckless behavior mm-hmm. to, to like go on this joy ride and then and then end up the way they did. Yeah. So I love the ocean in the beach and being on boats, but I love being above the surface of the water or, you know, like way steep. I'm not someone who has any interest in going to the depths of the ocean or, you know, all the way up in the sky, up into space. Like those are things I like being within a certain range. It's, it's not something that I would want to do. So well, that's also diving. part of mine. Even skydiving is one where it's like, I'd have to get over my fear of heights and stuff. And I feel like that'd be a cool experience to say I did it, especially I'd have to be with someone, a real professional. I'm not jumping out of plane on my own. If I were to make a a bucket list, Mm -hmm. one thing on it would be skydiving, but I am not going by myself. I am going to go with a trained professional. Yeah. Like, you know, strapped next to me and- they pull the shoot and everything. Like I'm, I'm not going by myself. No, and, and when it you comes, have to take a class, right? Of, of several. Yeah, months. I mean, there's like a lot of, you know, there's a lot that goes into it to be able to right. just jump off a plane. But right. when it comes down to skydiving, you're going up high in the air, but you're also coming back down to earth. It's not like you're not going in the other direction. You're not going to places where humans don't naturally live and spend a lot right. of time. You know, you're going back to where we belong. I guess is the way that I look at it. Um, you wouldn't so, be interested in finding out if there's a life uh, outside of this planet? <laughs> no, no, no. I have zero interest in going to Mars. Like I would never want to, you know, join those missions of people. Like you, I, you'd be dead by the time you even reach that point if if you hadn't end up getting there. But I don't, I don't know. Like if, it, if, it if you actually could live, no. If, if you could still be alive and you reach that point, like you, you, it wouldn't even interest you. Not even a little. <laughs> no, no, I, no, no. At this point in time, I'm fine with life on Earth. You know, if, you just we... you just be like Wally in the beginning of of the movie, where it's just him, just hanging around. Yeah, right, right. on Earth. Sure, 
That sounds fine that, to me. That, that's how it'd be like, though. If, I uh, imagine if 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 you're on a different planet, like on Mars or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I have I have no interest in doing that. And like, yeah, going to the depths of the ocean. Like, I've seen. I saw a video where it like showed famous shipwrecks, and it did it like kind of like dropping down of like where everything is based on like how far deep down they are. The Titanic is very very far down there. Yep. Not interested. That story sounds sounds like something. Uh, that would not interest me. Yeah, if if we could, <laughs> if we did a a redo of any top five, it would definitely uh, be top fears. Yeah, sure. just you know, going to the bottom that. of the ocean. Yeah. yeah, that that. Yeah, which I mean, it's fair. Like just thinking about it does not sound like something I would enjoy at all. Like I would be scared. Like that is a good way to put it. So, I think that's part of it for me. You know, in space, no one can hear you scream, right? <laughs> Alien. <laughs> and yeah, same thing with the ocean. So. Uh, anyway, that was the submersible talk. Um, speaking of uh, things from 1912, Fenway Park, you brought it up earlier. Um, do you, have you been to a Red Sox game? Any plans to go to a Red Sox game this year? You got the pitch clock now. Uh, um, that, that's that's a good point. But I, I don't know. I've watched it on TV sometimes, but I don't know. It, it sucks that with this new pitch clock, apparently like, there's n- more interest in the game, like, games are quicker which is mm-hmm. good for baseball yep but it it doesn't interest me more when the red sox are just this team that is just you know meh like they're 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 last in their division which which sucks because the best they're in a division great division baseball. Like, yeah i mean they're, they're game in, over 500 in central they'd be in first and they're maybe more buzz i don't know mm-hmm. but i don't know the, the red sox are just there's not a lot that's you know buzzworthy with the team like it's like what brian bayo yeah brian bayo's been awesome yep devers is great as always uh, but there's not a lot of juice with that jaron duran oh yeah. i hate jaron duran <laughs> I, I would I, like he's having a good year and i'm like great that means we can trade him now <laughs> i guess yeah i so i have not been oh i guess masataka talk masataka oh Masata- he's, he's yeah Yoshida. rookie of the year he, he's yeah. definitely a solid lead off guy yeah, that that's sure. proven to be a great signing. Um, and Alex yeah. Verdugo has been been very good as well this year. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to the Red Sox in particular, I've definitely lost interest compared to where I was, you know, fifteen years ago. And I think oh, that's not even debatable for us. <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, the, the, uh, the it'll never be as good as 04, like that, those years. But like even just mid two thousand twenty ten, I like they were probably my first team. First yeah, sport, no, first I think. Team. I think that it's fair to say, um, at least in terms of like Boston sports teams, they were definitely number one for me because, you know, I just watched the Red Sox every night in the summer. It was just like happy memories associated with them. Like I can right. still recall specific games that would just be like random to think about watching a game in May, June, July now and feeling anything close to the same way I did that. And it's it's just I think part of it is all the winning makes it so it's it's hard to you know want to keep up with the team when things aren't going great you know when they're not spending a ton of money like they have in the past like you know various things there and then yeah of course like looking at the standings me like you know this is a team that could make the playoffs like they could be relevant but you also see them last place in the division it it takes away from from things and like feeling like this is someone who's going to do anything more than like maybe flirt with a playoff spot yeah when I, it's I, all hate, said and done. I hate that position of being that middling team where mm-hmm. like oh they could they could do something and and but they're probably just gonna <laughs> end up being like an uh, a 78 and 84 team at the end of the day or at the end of the year and 
I don't know. I don't. I don't. I hate that position. I, I'd rather, I'd rather have him be like really bad, <laughs> uh, like fun bad. Where and I don't know. And they get to, you know, rebuild more or be awesome. Like one or the other. Yeah. I, I hate being in that, that middling team because it feels like they've been that for a while now. No, and I, I like totally since twenty eighteen. Like they they've been yeah. basically irrelevant. Yeah, I know. Like twenty twenty one was a pleasant surprise going to the ALCS, but yeah, mo- I mean, really, most seasons. Like when you look at the Red Sox in the last decade or so, they're either first place or last place. You know, there's right. not a whole lot of like in the middle. Um, and even like the years when they're in last place, they're not like horrendous. Like th- that inconsistency, even though it drove me crazy, mm-hmm. like how often it would happen. At the same time, they were more interesting then. Even when oh yeah right that like 2012 team yeah the chicken and beer <laughs> uh, like that like that 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 team Bobby was Valentine. special in its own way uh, yeah right oh I remember like they used to be so relevant because of how bad they were um, you know that that being said like we don't need to you know spend too much time on the Red Sox in particular right. but I, I do think you know it's baseball season we talked about this you know before coming on baseball and golf and U.S. Open is over now and. You know, golf is, uh, we're kind of in a lull waiting for another major. And, you know, even that season's kind of starting to wrap up. But I think baseball's been, it, it's been interesting in its own right outside of the teams that we root for. And um, I feel like one fun topic that, uh, you know, I'd like to think you're at least somewhat intrigued by is we might have a 400 hitter this year. Luis Arias of the Miami Marlins betting 399 on June 26th. What, how many at bats? I'm looking Enough. at that. Now. I mean, it's like two months into the season. 278 at bats, 111 hits. That's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah that right. That's good. It's, in today's game, too, where they're just endless strikeouts, the ball mm-hmm. is not put in play enough. That's that is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I don't know if it's really going to happen. Now, of those, what, 200? Do you say 211? No. 278 bats, 111 hits, only three home runs. 15 doubles and one triple. So I don't care about that. If, you, if you're that good of a hitter, good. I don't I don't care about the power. If if you can yeah, hit he, like that. Yeah, he he puts the ball in play. It's crazy. Like that's he what, did. that's what I hated when uh when Ben Attendi was with the Red Sox. Like I I hated that their the organization wanted him to be more of a power hitter. And yeah. and even and though he gained more him. power, his his plate discipline and all that suffered. Like he he his average and OBP like uh, like a bunch like as him as a contact hitter like that part suffered and like, mm-hmm. I hated that because when in the beginning of his career he showed that he was a very solid contact hitter like even if he wasn't even if he was only hitting like ten or fifteen home runs a year like I didn't care uh so I don't care if he has like what was it one home run no he has three home three runs. home runs yeah whatever yeah. so like he doesn't hit for power who cares no like, well, four hundred yeah. He did hit one of those three home runs on Saturday and a win over the Pirates, which is just like how how. But regardless, um, I think I don't think hitting four hundred is realistic. But even just like hitting three seventy would be like very refreshing because even that hasn't happened since two thousand. Todd Helton did it. I think like the same year, Todd Helton and I want to say Larry Walker. Maybe they both hit three seventy two. Um, and they won their respective batting titles. It might not have been Walker. The game is way more interesting when the ball is put in play. Yeah, I agree, and that's a nice thing that we get in the new rules this year. So, uh, I've been watching (laughs) 
speaking of baseball, like, I, I've I've been watching. Uh, I saw like multiple Barry Bonds highlights. You know, a guy who played yeah. like 10, 15 years ago, whatever. Like that interests me more than like the modern. Just him hitting game. home runs. Yeah, like him. Oh, hitting bombs. <laughs> he hits. He hit bombs. All right. Like, well, what too. about what about Shohei Otani hitting bombs? While also he's being he's like a the one guy pitcher. that interests me <laughs> in the game today is him. He he might be. I like, saw a tweet that said most dynamic duo. And, Shohei Otani as said, a hitter. Shohei as the pitcher. Shohei as the batter. <laughs> uh, I saw that as well. Yeah, I know he he is phenomenal, and he's someone who, like, I think baseball fans, like true diehard baseball fans, give him the love he deserves. But he does not get the love he deserves just across sports no, landscape he, he because he's he's is the best athlete in like in his sport among anyone across sports like the things he's able to do like i don't think he's getting a billion dollar contract but 500 million is like 500 very million very much table. in play yeah i i want him here so bad it would be <laughs> it's awesome. not gonna happen either he'll end up on the yankees yeah, dodgers, dodgers or giants more likely the dodgers or giants but yeah I know it, it would be so cool if he ends up coming to Boston. It, it, like the there was all this talk about the Angels potentially trading him at the deadline, but they're only a game out of the playoffs. They're forty two and thirty seven. That's so. not gonna happen. Yeah, uh, the, the, you... the trade, I mean. The... Yeah, no, I think <laughs> although they have probably to keep both. Him. <laughs> well, they're probably going to keep him, and then yeah, they'll they'll lose him in free agency unless they make the playoffs and convince him to stay. But did, I, I, uh, they're probably not going to make it, but I I definitely want them to make the playoffs. Well, the AL West is also just as great they're, as they're, the AL I was just, East, I'm just looking, I'm looking at it right now. The uh-huh. <laughs> I loved how this is this is off topic, but I love how uh, when it comes to the A's, like they were so bad, they've been terrible. I think it was historically 20, bad. Twenty and sixty, yeah. So historically uh-huh. bad, but then they actually had at one point the longest winning streak in the league. Oh yeah, they won seven in a row, and now they they've lost nine a ton since. I'm like, are we gonna have Moneyball two again? Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Well, even then, even if they we broke have a the sequel, record, and then it's like, it, there was a point where if they won twenty games in a row, their record still would have been like thirty one and like fifty. Yes, they still would have been like several games below five. They still would have been terrible. They still would have been uh-huh. last, which is just insane and then they had that reverse boycott with the fans yeah oh everyone showed up i know it was in the yeah. middle of the winning streak like that it was a pretty cool moment for for yeah. them so but super still going to but... vegas so yeah. um i guess just like real quickly on the angels so did you see their score on saturday night against colorado Ru- yeah it was like in the 20s 25 and to 1 so that reminds me uh yesterday i randomly turned into tuned into the uh Florida LSU game. Oh, the College World Series. Yeah, men's yeah, College and, World Series. Yeah, uh, and 24 to 3 entering the, the, the bomb in the ninth inning, and then an LSU guy hits a home run. And all I could think of was uh, that Chris Paul meme where it's like, oh, he hits a huge three to cut it down to 42. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, the same thing happened. It was 25 nothing Angels when. Um, one of their players, Doyle, homered in the bottom of the eighth to make it 25 to 1. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, so, so the Rockies twice, did though. not tweet out the hi- highlight. Yeah, um, yeah. So the Angels won twenty-five to one. Um, Mike Trout and he, Mike Trout was part of a back-to-back-to-back home runs. Um, yeah, the Angels were just phenomenal in this game. And the best part about that, just from like a the Angels perspective of like this team that we know great with you know Trout and Otani are the two best players in the league, and they're still terrible. Was even though the Angels won that game twenty-five to one, they still lost the series because they lost on Friday oh night God. and Sunday night. Yeah, see, and that could happen with uh, 
well, I, I don't know. I don't have a live update, but like Florida and LSU, because LSU was up one nothing in the series. Yeah, Florida, yeah. So now it's going. They to won twenty four to whatever. That was game two. Yes. Yeah, I know. So like in other words, third the, uh, LSU can win e- even if their Florida could, margins like yeah, minus right? twenty. Yeah, I know. That's what happened with like the the Angels thirty two to twelve, and they lost the series. Um, I guess, you know, on the topic of LSU, Florida, though, this one has like a particular interest to me. Not necessarily that I like really care who wins. I think I'd rather see LSU over Florida just for football (laughs) rivalry reasons. But the fact that the three top picks in the MLB draft in or at least the three top prospects are LSU outfielder Dylan Cruz, LSU pitcher Paul Skeens, and Florida outfielder Wyatt Langford, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are the first overall pick. And so there, there's a lot so of talk about which direction a, they'll go. A, a real reason for you to tune in. Yes, yes, there is. So I'm interested to see what happens with these guys because all year long I've been seeing Dylan Cruz batting like 500, being like the best hitter on the planet or at least best college hitter with an aluminum bat. And Paul Skeens is supposedly like a generational pitcher in his own right. But he also throws like 120 pitches a game, which is kind of terrifying to think about in terms of his long-term future. And then Wyatt Langford went five for five, hit a home run in game two as part of the Florida blowout. And any of those three guys at this point, I've kind of convinced myself I'd be happy with the Pirates taking, which means I'm like very much convinced they're just going to take some high schooler and who's not going to make the gonna, bigs for five years. you're going to take the wrong guy. Of, if they that too. Yeah, it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, and like Dylan Cruz is the top prospect, and the latest reports are saying that the Pirates probably won't take him because he's going to want too much money, and they don't want to go over slot. They'd rather go under slot and spend money elsewhere like they did with Henry Davis a couple years ago, who just finally got called up to the bigs. Um I'm at the point where if they go one of those three guys, like I'd be okay with it. They're all college players. Any three of them could be on the team in 2024. Like which, Paul Skeens realistically could go straight to the majors, like, just based on like how good he is right now. We don't see it very often, but there have been guys who get drafted and they're playing in the bigs by September. But the, yeah, the, I mean, the, it, the one that always uh, st- sticks with me is the, the years when the nationals, they had Harper and Strasburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember being legitimately uh, excited to see Strasburg pitch, and he, he pitched lights out in his first start. Yeah, against the Pirates. It was awesome. Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know it was against the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, and it was first two starts <laughs> against the Pirates and the Cleveland at the time Indians. Yeah. Um, no, in Strasburg and Harper, like that's a lot of people are saying that Cruz and Skeens are like the best prospects since those two guys. Wow. So okay. ideally the Pirates take one of them, but uh, I don't know. I'd prefer the hitter over the pitcher when it comes down to it because it feels like they're more of a sure thing, especially pitchers these days, like, you know, all the Tommy John surgeries and you just never know with those guys. But yeah, I'm like <laughs> the the Pirates right now, it's a really bad time to be a Pirates fan, because which is crazy to say because two months ago they had the best record in the National League and now everyone is just apathetic. Everyone hates Ben Jarrington, hates Derek Shelton want the hitting coach fired because he's horrible at his job. They're just not a fun team right now. And I, I hate it because you're always like, you always sound so depressed when you talk about the Pirates, but that's just the reality of the team. Whereas the Red Sox is like, oh, it yeah. sucks that they're a game over 500 and three games out of the playoffs instead of being the best team in the league. The Pirates, we're the best team in the league. And 
the team just did not care. Ben Sherrington had no interest in making the Pirates like actually take advantage of a really bad NL Central division, and they're probably heading toward a last place finish when it's all said and done. And it's just like, what what happened to the team that was twenty and eight at the end of April? He was such a puppet with the Red Sox. <laughs> I'm convinced. Yeah, no, I'm convinced that Ben Sherrington is happier or was happier about winning the first ever MLB draft lottery than he was winning the World Series with the Red Sox. Because he just does not <laughs> care about winning at the major league level. He's all about just prospects who a bunch of them don't pan out the same way you want them to. Or It's so frustrating right now. And I'm at the point already where it's just crazy to think about, given where this team was two months ago, where I just have never felt like this low. It's been so long. It felt like things are finally turned around. Oh, the Pirates should be interesting. And no, they just suck. And everything is horrible about that organization. And that's why I'm convinced that they're just going to do something stupid with the first overall pick when you have... You, they're going to Charlotte Hornets it, basically. The Charlotte so. Hornets of, of baseball. Yeah, I mean, more or less at this point, which, you know, outside of the fact that they've been a team for you know, 130 years. And it, it doesn't help that the Reds are phenomenal. Like, have you seen Ellie De La Cruz? He's I've seen him. He, he yeah, looks, he he's electric. Good. Yeah, I mean, they 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 just lost two in a row to the Braves, who are maybe the best team in baseball, but not after winning like nine in a row. They're probably going to make the playoffs this year. In a year where they weren't supposed to be good, they called up all their prospects. They did everything that Pirates fans wanted them to do, and they just completely missed a window, and now they suck, and we have to watch the Reds be amazing and sell out every night, and everyone talks about them, and yeah. No, yeah, for, not great. For someone like me now that is really not in tune with baseball much, as I used to, of course, uh, the, the De La Cruz guy is definitely good, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... seen, seen close to him. Uh, Kylie McDaniel. power and speed. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, not Kyle McDaniel. He did the MLB mock draft. He has Paul Skeens of the Pirates. But uh, there was a, I think Baseball America came out with their latest top 100, and uh, they have De La Cruz as the number two overall prospect in baseball behind Jackson Holiday. So uh, I guess one last thing on baseball. Have you heard of Immaculate Grid? Nope. So it's basically like a baseball wordle, I guess. Um, I just discovered it recently and like did it for the first time a couple days ago. But the way it works um, is you get a grid of nine. So three by three basically looks like a strike zone. And I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. So the concept of an immaculate inning in baseball is nine pitches, nine strikes, three outs. And that's kind of where the phrase immaculate comes from here. And basically there's three across and three bottom. And it's always yeah. like, yeah, two, four teams, logos, and then two stats. And you need to match up nine times and you get a score out of nine. So the first time I did it, I got eight out of nine. Uh, but I think I'm going to start doing this more. It's a, it's a lot of fun. No, I I, and, I love baseball pastime. Yeah, uh, right. So, and it's you can so use like, like historic players too, which is cool. one thing I forgot to mention about my trip to Canada. Mm-hmm. I also went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, you uh, can talk about it now if you want. Uh, I liked it more than the NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I still like the. I've never been to the football one, so it's the one of the four major sports I've never been to, but. Uh, the baseball one is still my favorite of the. Yeah, the three I that love gone I love Cooperstown Baseball Hall of yeah. Fame. It's so so such a cool place, especially I mean, as a kid. I, I've been twice. Yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons why I, that's my favorite because I went uh, there as a kid instead of like the hockey one. I just went to like. Yeah, I think I was ago. like twelve the last time I went. So, but I don't know. Like the the baseball one was so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Like that's that's my, that's my favorite thing about baseball now is like the pastime. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Just like looking. Back I used on to collect. I used to collect so many baseball cards, but specifically, I wanted to. One of my collections I really wanted was uh, a card of every Hall of Famer, and I didn't. I did not ah, get that, yeah. but I definitely got a majority of them. And that's impressive. Uh, so. I am. I'm looking at the immaculate grid thing right now. I could probably do this. <laughs> I'm uh, struggling, just like I. I. I want to take the time to do this after we're done recording when I can. Really yeah, focus oh, on I, it, that, but... I should have said that. Like, I'm not gonna do literally uh, like right this second, but I'll. I'll probably do it like yeah. when we're done. White Sox Hall of Famer Harold Baines. Oh freaking <laughs> Jesus! Um. So my. my, my like my dad knows like way more about baseball than I do. Like yeah, like he lived. Yeah, I mean my dad's the same then. way. Mm-hmm. But even like Harold Baines, he's like, yeah, like he should not be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's so like, I you guess know just you know, like uh, uh, I really only know who he is because he got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and everyone said he shouldn't have made it. So never knew um, who that was until he got voted in. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess just like real quickly talking about hockey, Bruins traded Taylor Hall today to the Blackhawks and a salary dump move. Any thoughts on the move? The I did see that. Yeah, it, they needed to. They didn't. They needed more cap space. Like in hockey, you the they have a hard cap. It's not like the other sports where you can maneuver your way around uh, mm-hmm. the cap. Like the 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 NHL is definitely a legit thing. And so, yeah, Taylor Hall was making six million a year. Like that's just too much for a guy at, at this point in his career who he was playing on the third line and I mean when you're on the third line you're more of that checking line instead of that scoring line like the first two and mm-hmm. so he was just playing his role but at the same time like six million especially with Bertuzzi now that they traded for they definitely want to bring him back yeah and so if I you're think gonna that's bring a him big back, reason yeah that's probably the reason mm-hmm. so if you're gonna bring Bertuzzi back into the fold which you should you do have, you definitely have to cut uh cut ties of guys like Taylor Hall like Nick Felino who Yeah, were, Nick Felino was also moved. Yeah, so I'm for the move. The guys that they got back, I don't know who they are. I think they're like Are they both prospects? I think they're both prospects and they're both guys that could be on their possibly on the NHL roster like as the like the sixth deep like yeah, like a sixth defenseman or whatever. Okay. Um I don't know anything about them though. Yeah, I mean, but it's a move. It's, it's you're really creating a move cap of space. just clearing up cap yeah. space. That's really uh, what it is. Yeah, take. I don't even know if Felino will even end up in uh, Chicago. Like, he, he, no, I, I mean, it's his rights. He's an un- unrestricted free agent, so right. He doesn't. So he I'm, they can negotiate with him now, but he doesn't necessarily have to stay in Chicago. It so. stinks because uh, I liked when they brought in Taylor Hall, even though for the entirety of his career he's been basically a loser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still for the move though because. Like they, it was a second round pick, and they had no scoring outside of that first line, and he yeah. was solid with Krejci on the second line, and he was fine on the third line as well with Charlie Coyle this past season. But um, I think at this point in his career, we've seen what Taylor Hall is, and like his ceiling is never going to be better than. Well, it was best when he was in New Jersey when he like won the MVP award, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm fine with it at this point. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like that's kind of like the reasonable response. Like, yeah, I would want to keep him, sure. Yeah, you'd love um, to have a guy like him on your third line, but right. you know, when he's but, making that much money and you have other guys, like you need to keep. But, it but makes sense with other priorities, him. like I get why they had to move him. Yeah, yeah. NHL draft's coming up on Wednesday. I want the Penguins to trade the 14th pick for some goalie, Connor Hellebuck maybe, but I think realistically they're just going to use the pick, and I don't want Tristan Jari back. Like, I hope he's gone. Like he just can't count on him, whether it's playing or playing well. So the, the Bruins don't have a first round pick for like the next like twenty yeah, years. Not trade, literally, but trade you know them what I mean. All. It's, it's, it's that was the Penguins while. for a long time. Jim Rutherford traded his first round pick like every single year, and now they, you know they finally have some of these picks. But it's like, all right, when you're picking fourteen, you're probably not picking someone who's going to contribute in year one. Maybe not the even. The Bruins year two. will never be as good as they were in terms of their roster. Like talent wise, they'll never be as good as they were last year. So mm-hmm. I feel like they already blew it. Um, yeah, that's th- fair. I don't. I don't think it's not like a rebuilding year for the Bruins, but like they definitely need like retool. Retool. Their yeah. Yeah, and I'm curious what happens with Bergeron, Krejci, if they come back or not. My guess is Krejci doesn't. Bergeron, I think, is fifty fifty, but I highly doubt Krejci's back, which I don't care at this point. Um, I would like him to move Allmark. Because yeah. <laughs> even though Allmark won the Vesna, uh-huh. uh, Jeremy Swayman was just as good. Like, not better, but like he had a very good year as well. And uh, I think for Linus Allmark, this is as good of a trade value as he'll ever have. And I think I would like him to move him for a legitimate skater uh, to their roster and have Swayman be the starter. Yeah, which I think seems reasonable, especially the fact that Allmark did not have the greatest postseason. No, that was like Tuca-esque kind of playoffs uh-huh. in, in game five and six there. Yeah. Um, so I, I would like them to move him, uh, even though he was awesome last year. I, I don't think it's – I think it was just a kind of fluky, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when it comes to the NHL offseason, you and I are just as interested from our team's perspective, but from a whole landscape, it doesn't compare to the NBA. No. no. <laughs> yeah, I have I have more. Yeah, that's, that's how like I You want to know what the Bruins are going to do just as much as you want to know what the Celtics are going to do, but you don't necessarily care about the other 31 teams as much as you care I, about I, I really like teams, hockey, so. but I, I'm like, no, like when it comes to like actual moves. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I really only care what the Bruins do. And there, there are other big names in the, in the league in the NHL wise, where if, if there's a big trade that mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman or whomever puts out, it's like, Oh, like, okay, yeah, it's interesting. Uh-huh. Right. But like actually talking about it, like, no, God, no. no. Well, there are also <laughs> just like a lot of big name players that, real hockey fans know and i have no idea well kachuk when he got moved last year like he got he got moved from calgary to florida like i remember that being uh, a big move but then oh yeah it ended up being a much bigger move than i ever expected yeah, right to be, well like i actually knew like most of the names involved in that trade like i knew who kachuk and huberdu were so yeah it was yeah. like that was a move that excited me like interested me is like wow this is a thing that's happening like johnny right. gaudreau signing with columbus like that was interesting but for the most part, a lot of these moves that happen, I just unless they played the for the NBA Penguins so or played against them in the playoffs, yeah, right. I know I mean, everyone granted, on the move. It's a more popular sport, mm-hmm. but yeah, like the N- NBA offseason is way more interesting in terms of the whole landscape. Yeah, I mean, I I think if I really sat down, I'd be able to name more players who don't play for the Penguins than who do play for the Penguins, but <laughs> like I can't guarantee it. 
So, well, I mean, that I'm uh, definitely not like that. I definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm definitely exaggerating a little, but like right. I'm I'm like I can name every player on the Penguins, and I can probably name at least one player on every other team in the league. But mm-hmm. I don't know how, how many teams I can go like <laughs> three deep. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I can definitely name more than that, but but mm-hmm. uh, I know what you mean. Like, I'm in, like, I'm, I feel like I can name I like eighty percent of the NBA. I don't so. think I'm a when it comes to hockey, I don't see myself as a casual. But no, I don't either. You know a but lot of. I'm names. not gonna act like I know every name or like every prospect, especially drafts. I don't care about. Oh draft. yeah, no, like, it's like it means nothing to me. It's like oh, like is this guy like if like, I'm will watching this guy it, be good or not? Yeah, like what do other people have to say that like actually study these guys? But even then, it's like all right, this is a guy who's not gonna be in the NHL for a couple of years, mm-hmm. so doesn't yeah, really. I, I remember that 2015 draft for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Like that was the year where I was like most interested in the draft because they had three picks in a row in the t- in yep. 13, 14, 15th. It's like, like all right, I'm actually gonna look into like what the experts are saying here, and yeah, like they they <laughs> like even on draft night, like yes, it it turned out like those guys. I mean, debrusque has been good, but like for the most part, like those move, those picks were not good because like the next like eight guys were studs <laughs> and the, the uh, three guys that they took were either, either not in the league or just fine. It was and like the wolves taking Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so kind of like that. I mean, not uh, that bad, but it was but, bad. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was bad on draft night <laughs> and it turned out to be like even worse than I imagined. And so, yeah, that, that's never fun. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll uh we'll definitely be talking about NBA free agency as it unfolds, and you know the the next week, and um you know we'll talk about the other sports as they they continue to be relevant, and you know eventually football is gonna take over this podcast like it always does, and come August, so. which is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, week yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite times of the year? Uh, NFL Wild Card uh, Weekend. <laughs> from a giraffe. sport yeah right from a sports calendar it's, it's definitely my favorite so <laughs> all right for uh my co-host brian wells i'm corn thanks everyone